Baltimore, Maryland was the site. The 1994 King of the Ring was the event. Earlier in the day, before things took off, our Coliseum video cameras were tuning up when some unexpected guests arrived. Oh, get out. Hey, man, hey, hey, just check. get right out of the way. Double J's looking at the King of the Ring 1994. Yeah, talk about a sound check. I'm just getting a little check on who's going to win these matches. The one, two, three kid, I'm going to take him out. Wait a minute here, Double hey, J. You you're right a pretty there. good wrestler here, but I think you're that, just a little bit I'll mistaken. Right over you can there, worry but... about that, but oh, the bottom no. line. Hey, wait a minute here, Bam Bam. I don't want to take any offense. Let me tell you something. Bam, 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 obviously, obviously, I'm going to beat Mabel, then I'm going to beat Razor, and then I'm going to beat Razor. Get my hair. What are you doing, man? My name's up on the front. He's the one that needs to be beat, and I'm going to beat you. Be so Welcome to the 1994 WWF King of the Ring Spectacular. Featuring an eight-man single elimination tournament, eight WWF superstars will be vying for the very coveted title of King of the Ring. The very first WWF superstar to qualify, the Taxman IRS. He will meet the huge half of men on a mission, Mabel. Will the Taxman have the right form to win, or will the huge Mabel wrap him up? Then you will see the bad guy, Razor Ramon, taking on Bam Bam Bigelow, who made it all the way to the finals last year. Razor Ramon and Bam Bam Bigelow lock up in first round action. Then it's on to Music City. Double J Jeff Jarrett will be taking on the unpredictable high-flying one, two, three kid. It's a match where anything can happen and probably will. And in the final matchup, you will see the Rocket, Owen Hart, taking on the Native American superstar, Tatanka. Can the Rocket follow in his brother's footsteps and become King of the Ring? Not if Tatanka has anything to say about it. One of these eight superstars will become King of the Ring. But that's not all. Tonight, you will see champion versus champion. Seven-foot-tall Diesel, the current Intercontinental Champion with the jackknife in his arsenal, and Shawn Michaels in his corner will take on the hitman, Bret Hart. The fighting is WWF Champion of all time. Can the hitman get Big Daddy Cool on the sharpshooter? And just who will be in Bret Hart's corner? Remember, only his title is on the line as Champion and Champion lock up. Then the mouths roar. Let me just tell you. Unrelenting, Rowdy Roddy Piper steps into the ring just one more time to take on the cunning king, Jerry Lawler. Tag title also on the line tonight as the devastating team of Yokozuna and Crush bring their girth to the squared circle to battle the WWF champions, the Head Shrinkers, as the action explodes in your living room. Tag title on the line tonight. The Head Shrinkers taking on Yokozuna and Crush on this, the most regal of nights in the World Wrestling Federation. You are the prince of charm. Seduction is your art. You'll never claim my love. You're just my king of hearts. You are my king of hearts. You are the prince of charm. Seduction is your Hello 
again and welcome to episode number 36 of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex. I'm the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, as we get into June, it's already June 2017, what do you have for us from the news desk this week, sir? Well, due to kayfabe news, Kathy Griffin is at it again. She stole head away from Al Snow, and it's looking like, you know, she's holding head hostage. She wants a ransom. Al Snow is very upset. He is so upset to the point that he is literally distraught over this, and uh, I haven't seen him this upset since he ate pepper. Yeah, he's had a rough couple of weeks here on the Retro Wrestling podcast so. he has so so you know hopefully head will get back to its right form. i'm glad that someone else is picking up the gimmick of head <laughs> here in 2017 wwe caitlin do you remember caitlin you, you do not remember this every single this is the running joke on the retro wrestling podcast I am picking... you always ask me who caitlin is and i don't know who this person is okay caitlin Yes. Was uh, the newest leak of this past week. Does it really count, though, if no one knows who you are? I say it does. Okay. Because a lot of people know who she is. Anyway, you know, photos came out about her, and we had speculated it was probably her ex-husband, who, at the time that... She uh, at the time they were leaked, she was in the process. So these of were the ones that came out a few months ago. Well, right. Okay. At the time they were leaked, she was, and she thought it was she her. was in the process of getting getting divorced. Oh, okay. And well, now this week a video has come out now, and so uh, see that's the problem when you when you get into accusing people of releasing your photos or whatever. That usually means that more will be released because it's right. reta- retaliation. Someone will yeah. release more because they're like, "Oh, you thought that was something? Well, here's some more." Yeah. So it's really it's it's almost better to just keep your mouth shut when it happens and figure it out on your own. Yeah. Instead of being so public in your uh, opinion of who you think might be behind it because that i mean and it's not her fault but it's you know if you, you made an issue of it it's an invitation for to keep piling on i guess yeah so if you want to listen to my rants about nude pictures or whatever you can listen back to three other episodes we've covered this in yes so. you you basically on the page situation you you let it be known how you felt and well no it's just uh if you're I, gonna take nude if you're gonna take naked pictures that's fine that's your right as an american to take nude pictures take them on a polaroid camera and keep them in a safe that's all i can tell you because if right. you put it on the internet someone will find it unlike this podcast which we put on the internet and people can't find oh no fine. we're listened to i mean we're known worldwide yeah exactly so, so that's my only advice to people of and even and if you let someone else take pictures or video you, then you make sure that you see them deleted or delete it for them or whatever. And even then, it's still not 100% foolproof. So right. use an old Polaroid. That's all I can tell you. Uh, yeah, go get one of those. Uh, I don't know. Do they even get sell? Get a Game Boy camera. Disposable with, uh, cameras? Do they sell disposable cameras? Yeah, they cameras? sell disposable cameras. Do still. they still? You can take those and have those developed. Yeah. I They're, don't know if I'd want to have them developed, though. But I've never really heard of a story, a photo developer at like Walgreens. I mean, sometimes they find like bad stuff and they report it to the police, but I've never heard of them actually, like, leaking the pictures out, you know? Right. They're actually, you know, because they're getting minimum wage to do They don't care enough yeah. about their and job. And it's not like they sit there and examine the pictures. No. They, they print them off and throw them in the thing, like, here you go. Oh, yeah, that's why everyone's eyes are red. That's why all the pictures are blurry. There's right. not someone looking at them. They just, right. here you go, whatever. Yeah. Get out of my way. Yeah. Let's do some old school naked pictures. That's, that's my <laughs> only advice to you. Uh, I'm glad to know... That you're all about some old school naked pictures. Yeah, well, we're the Retro Wrestling Podcast, and we're the Retro Nude Picture 
Apparently people. so, yeah. yeah that's yeah. We, we keep it old school in everything here. we do. This is actually being recorded on a cassette tape, so yes, we keep it we keep it all retro. And when we take pictures out with fans, we have the whole you know we have an exploding light bulb. Yeah, yeah. We go we go we're, we go old school. Everything's retro. Absolutely. We arrive on a horse and buggy. Yeah, the wrestling ring that I wrestle in is actually just an old wagon I tore down and, and <laughs> put it up together. So you know. Yeah, it's just four trees that happen to be in a square formation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you see this? I posted this on my personal Facebook account. Uh, Smith Hart, the oldest brother of the Hart family, is very, very sick. Needs a lot of prayers. Did he get into what's wrong with him? I believe it's cancer. I don't want to. I'm not sure for that. I'm, you know, that's strictly speculation. But just in over in the past year, I've I've become pretty close with. Uh, with Smith and, and Keith and Bruce, it's uh it's looking like it might not be a, a happy ending. However, you know, Lord willing, it'll turn around. So uh, yeah, keep Smith Smith heart in your prayers. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, it is. And so heart uh, family just can't catch a break. These guys. I talked to him um, on the anniversary of Owen's death and uh, wished him a you know wished him well and hope that he got through today okay and and uh he he said that uh he was he was just really sick and really down and out and uh and then he took a picture with his you know with brett and with with bruce and uh of him in a hospital bed and so yeah so yeah really keep keep the heart family in your prayers smith get better brother we love you we hope it it works out for you brother Hulk Hogan has made the statement that he sees WWE in his near future. I think that, yeah, I think he'll eventually be back, but not, I don't see him have, like, he was the, uh, he was basically the company's ambassador there towards the end. Well, after, you know, the video of him saying the N-word over and over again, I don't think he'll be back in that capacity, but I can definitely see him contributing to network specials and being allowed back in the fold show up back in the video game stuff like that so apparently it is very soon yeah well they so uh even if they stuck him on raw one night that would be that would be something because raw's ratings this past week were the second lowest ratings of all time yeah since raw started that was my next one yeah 1.75 that is really that's lower than any episode of nitro ever got except one yeah and I think that was the reboot Nitro when they didn't have matches. They were just highlights. So that is uh, pretty bad stuff. When At the beginning of this year, Patrick, Raw averaged about 3.5 million viewers. They've lost a million viewers since January. That is not good. Right. And they can blame it, uh, and you can blame it on the changing landscape of media all you want to, but the bottom line is TV advertisers set their rates based on ratings. And if you're not bringing in ratings, you got big problems. And yeah. so to drop that far in one, and I mean, I realize this past week was Memorial Day, but other episodes on holidays, like the M- the Martin Luther King Day episode this year in January was one of the higher ones rated of this year, and that had a million more viewers. So you can't say, oh, it's the holiday, people yeah. aren't watching. Right. In fact, I think the holiday would incline more people to watch. Yeah. If it's not a day like July 4th where people are going out to see fireworks or whatever, Memorial Day, I mean... You've chilled out at the pool, you've grilled out, yeah, or if the you sun's did, gone down, you're now inside, watch wrestling. Yeah, and you've already, if you did something for Memorial Day, maybe you went to a parade or something at the National Cemetery, that happened in the morning. So now there's no excuse for them to say, oh, well, it was the holiday, this and that. The show's just not very good right now. 
No. I could definitely like they were they're already promoting Cena's return on SmackDown for July 4th, so I could definitely see a Hulk Hogan appearance. Just you know, that would drive up the ratings. I mean, despite what, you know, what your opinion is on it, it would still drive up ratings because Hulk Hogan is the biggest star that has ever been in pro wrestling. Yeah. And it's it's not debatable. It's he's the biggest name in pro wrestling history, and so to put him to advertise a return would be a big win for them. I mean, it would bring in. I'm not saying it would bring a million people back to the table, but it definitely get you get you a bump for one week. I don't know how well Hogan could do, but I mean, it would be awesome just to have him as like a guest referee capacity. Oof. I don't know how well he I can get know, down for counts. Yeah, I don't know Hogan's That's back my is going to hold up. I don't know how well he can get down for counts, but, but I mean, something along those lines, you say, hey, Hulk's going to be in ring, you know, in some sort of capacity. That's... Well, he's guest GM one night, or, or maybe, I mean, on Raw, they did do a, the tease with Kurt Angle checking his phone, so that could be... That could be something as simple as a Hulk Hogan return. Yeah. So, and just segments with them backstage and in the ring, I mean, that would be something to watch. I mean, the interaction between these two. But just his name alone, it has, at least it has something to look forward to on Raw because most weeks you go into Raw, you don't know what's coming up on Raw. There's nothing. Right. I mean, you might know of a match that's happening on Raw, but you don't have anything else that you go in that you that you're like oh man I can't wait to watch Raw tonight because this is happening you don't have, there's there, there's not that draw there anymore this would be something for one week at least to uh, to try to get people hooked back in yeah to get the casual fans that don't tune in every week because now they're down to their audience these are the hardcore fans these are you can't sink much lower than this because their their rating is getting to where the the network subscribers are and so those are your baseline you yeah. can't fall further than that because we're going to hang on no matter what you know we're right. going to sink with the ship but then other people that just tune it in and then just can go weeks or months without it that would get them back for at least a week so i think it's a good idea long term i don't know that it's a great idea because it's not a long it's not a solution it's a one week solution what do you see a solution being because this is my next one vince russo has had a long conversation with Vince McMahon about coming back as head writer of WWE. That'll never happen. Not in a million years. It won't happen. And if if that's coming from Vince Russo's side, that's just Vince Russo looking for headlines and congratulations because that's what Vince Russo does. Right. He's not coming back. Uh, he's the laughing stock. Of, I mean, most of the Monday Night Wars series, anytime they talk about WCW, oh. table for three with Cornette and Bischoff, what's the first thing they talk about? How much Vince Russo sucks. Yeah. They make, they've made it a hobby of burying this guy. And rightly or wrongly, whether you agree or not, he's not coming back. I mean, they're just not going to. I didn't see it coming either. Do you see him having anything to add to the wrestling business? I could see him involved with Network Special. He was part of some of those uh, interviews on Monday Night Wars. And, I mean, he hosts a podcast, and he, he does live events where he it's basically the crowd asks him questions, but I yeah. don't see him, especially, I mean, he cost Impact Wrestling their Spike TV deal. I mean, when you've done that, even if I, if I have an indie wrestling company that I'm trying to make grow, I can't. I couldn't, you can't go, and, and WWE too, Any anytime you have investors in a company, you can't justify bringing this guy in based on his track record. I mean, there's, you have to answer to them, and I, there's just no, I don't see anybody uh, working with him. He's always, I mean, he could always try something himself. I don't, I don't see any company that, that is looking to expand their market 
bring Vince Russo in for anything. What I think contributed, because he said he could contribute to Raw and get the ratings back up. Now, I don't know. What I see the problem with the ratings being so low on Raw is, number one, your champion's not on TV every week. Number two, you've broke up the Wyatt family, which is one of the biggest gimmicks you had going. And number three, they keep giving Roman Reigns a push. People, I don't, unless you are a 15-year-old girl or younger, nobody gives a shit about Roman Reigns. I mean, we're like, we're almost three years into this Roman Reigns thing, and he has yet to deliver, produce any money, produce, you know, make the bottom line go up. Yeah. I think the problem more with Raw is 50-50 booking, uh, matches between the same people, every week and that part of the reason that happens is the brand split but even before the brand split they were doing this extreme rules main event is a fatal five way and so they've taken these five competitors and matched them up in every single way yeah. heading up to that pay-per-view i so by the time i get to the pay-per-view this pay-per-view on sunday i'm not gonna watch because i've seen every combination of this right plus it's for a number one contendership no belt there's nothing on the line here really other than the chance to fight for the belt some of the segments on raw like this past week this is your life bailey was one of the worst segments they've I've, they've ever produced right yeah uh the, it's overwritten the talking segments are overwritten the scripted segments they don't feel like they don't feel real they they don't feel it's not how people talk to one another i think so those hurt and they go on for a long time then you see the same matchups every week in these matchups one guy gets a win this week the other guy gets it next week and then they fight at the pay-per-view and i'm not saying you need to bring jobber matches in you just need fresh matchups and you need the matchups to count for something i almost think that they should have like a ranking system i know the ranking system failed in tna but something to make these matches meaningful matches yeah even if they don't have a ranking system i know that if this person beats this person they're one step closer to the the title that they're going after i mean just for example in the tag team division on raw there's been hardy's and Cesaro and Sheamus. No other tag teams apparently exist in Raw universe. So Yeah, the club just has completely fallen off the map. So they've paired up the Hardys and Cesaro and Sheamus every single week since WrestleMania, and they're gonna fight again at this pay-per-view. Why would I why do would I want to keep watching Raw every week to see the same fucking match over and over again? With the same result, the Hardys have gone over every single time. Whatever. Uh there's a lot of problems with Raw. So and it also being three hours. It's a bad show and it's three hours long. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh some some stuff's got to change. It's um it's a tough puzzle to figure out. They've built this into being their I know you hate saying it flagship show. When your flagship show is the lowest rated show that you own, I mean people are tuning in to watch 205 Live more than they are. No, to watch. that's that's actually not true. 205 Live. I read recently that 205 Live doesn't even come in the top 20 of the programs most viewed on the network. People, really? People would rather watch old pay-per-views than than years watch ago. 205 Live. Yeah. I mean, it's just And that's part of the problem too is just there's a they're producing quantity the quantity of programming you have to watch. If you, I mean, they want you to watch eight hours of programming a week, and some people just can't do that. Well, and the fact that they're doing, uh, the fact that they're pushing for, you know, 205, they're pushing for NXT, they're pushing for Raw, SmackDown, then having a pay per view every two weeks. It's just ridiculous. And when you don't it's, have anything to, it's ridiculous. It's and you you can't this bra this this brand split. Raw and SmackDown, I think, has done nothing but hurt. It started off kind of cool. It lasted a year when Shane came back. But other than that, it's done nothing but to, 
to help. I think the brand split has, well, it's helped SmackDown tremendously. Yeah. Um, it's helped guys get recognized that probably wouldn't have, but I think it's time to go away because you need the talent and the names like AJ Styles and Nakamura on Raw to get those ratings back up. Seeing the same people every single week, because you're basically you're basically seeing what the same seven or eight guys every week, maybe yeah, ten guys on Raw. It's killed Miz's character. Oh well, he just he's, yeah, he's dead in the water when he went to Raw. Well, yeah, some of the moves they made in the sli- in the Superstar Shakeup have have definitely hurt. Just to go along with the fifty fifty booking, just seeing the same people, different combinations of the same people every single week. You know, not everyone has to. The idea that you have to have everybody on TV every single week. I just there's I mean there were episodes of Nitro where Hogan wouldn't even show up to some of them. You know, yeah. but you wouldn't see. Ray Mysterio and Hoovy, you know, face off every single week. It was maybe LaParca's in there. Maybe this is happening. Maybe it's a sixth man with different cruiserweights. Maybe it's some guy from Japan that just flew in for a week. It was different. It didn't feel like I'm watching the same shit I watched last week. That That's what I think it's turned into is like you're just watching the same, a slightly different variation of the same thing every single week. Well, I mean, we went to... The house show they had here in Chattanooga last week. And it was like, what, a year and a half ago, two years now, that they, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, that was it. It was done. Fight forever. It was over. Yeah. It was done. What the hell did we see? We started a tag team match off with Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. That's just a WWE problem in general. It's not holding stipulations. Well, it's not that, but I mean, the very next week after that, they ended up being in the same ring together yeah. again. So, And they stayed on the same brands. They yeah. keep staying on the same brand. Not honoring the stipulation. I mean, Shane McMahon versus Undertaker at WrestleMania 32 or whatever. It was for, if Undertaker lost, he had to retire. But if Shane lost, he, he was out, basically. It was for control of the company or whatever. Yeah. Well, Shane lost. He still got to be general manager. So that stipulation had no weight to it. Survivor Series a few years ago. If John Cena's team wins, the authority is broken up can't see them anymore yeah month or two later the authority's right back in power so don't make stipulations you can't honor well they're the writing crew and i have a lot of friends that are on the wwe writing crew there's somebody i mean and and the stuff that they're writing is great but there's somebody who is higher up that is saying hey this this is bad they're they're not weeding out the good and the bad they're just throwing it all against the wall and seeing what sticks we could go on and on about that is what it is my last news thing is uh i have been in contact with the beast dan severn dan severn has openly challenged brock lesnar for a one-on-one fight in a usc pay-per-view he wants this so bad he is asking for the fans to tweet Hashtag beast versus beast. He wants this so bad. I don't see it happening in UFC, but I, I in a year when Brock's contract is up, I can definitely see him taking a Bellator deal, and this could happen in Bellator because they put on fights like this all the time. I mean, they, I mean, even a year ago they had Ken Shamrock in the ring, so they're yeah. still bringing out. They make these odd matchups. I mean. Kimbo Slice, before he passed away, was fighting in Bellator. So I could see that happening in Bellator, but it just comes down to what Brock wants to do. I mean, yeah. based on the schedule he's got now, Patrick, it'd be hard to say no to keep just stay in the WWE and keep... I think, I think the money would be 
huge. I don't see it being... I mean, Brock could make a million dollars on it, but I don't see it being... 59-year-old Dan Severn wants to come out of MMA retirement for... And I think he would own Brock's ass. I don't know, man. Brock's size is just too... Once Brock goes, once Brock's took down though, he can't. It's over. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think Dan could take him down. I think Brock is also a very good wrestler. If it does happen, Retro Wrestling Podcast could quite possibly be Cage side in the corner with his uh, his team, Dan the Beast Severn. We'll see what happens with Dan the Beast and the Beast Incarnate. So, hashtag Beast versus Beast. Well, Patrick, it was your pick this week, so we went back in time in honor of Owen Hart, who passed away 18 years ago, just a, a week or two ago, at the Kemper Arena, a fall in the Kemper Arena. So you wanted to pick a best Owen Hart moment, yeah. which there are quite a few to pick from, but you picked his King of the Ring win in 1994's King of the Ring, so that is our show this week. We go to Baltimore, Maryland. It is June 19th, 1994, and Patrick, the wrestling world has just changed because a week earlier on WCW Saturday Night Live, or Saturday Night Live, on WCW Saturday Night Live, or I said it again, on WCW Saturday Night, one week earlier, Hulk Hogan rode his Dodge Viper through Disney World Yes, and announced he had arrived at WCW. Hulkamania had jumped ship, Patrick. And it was a new era, almost like the new era that we're in today, according to the WWE. It was a new era for WCW, so WWF's biggest star ever, the biggest star in pro wrestling ever, is now playing for the competition. And that, of course, means we have to change things in the WWF. Out with the old, in with the... New generation. All those old fossils, Patrick, they're gone. Yeah. Now, someone should have probably told the booking team this because in the main event tonight, well, what closed the show? I wouldn't call it the main event, but Jerry Lawler will take on Roddy Piper. Yes. Who we had thought was retired. Yes. Rowdy Roddy Piper is coming out of retirement for one match only. One match. Of course, he'll one never match wrestle only. again. And this is for the kids, the sick kids in the Toronto. sick kids. So this new generation, we're off to kind of a shaky start already that... We're having our our old dependable headliners headline the show. Yes. As I said, it's June 19th, 1994. We're in front of an alleged 12,000 people in the Baltimore Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. A great wrestling town. Many a great uh, wrestling organizations. Ring of Honor, based out of Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, a lot of pay-per-views. A lot of great pay-per-views have occurred there. This, uh, I'm not sure this is one of the greats, but this did happen in Baltimore, Maryland, 1994. This is in the Monday Night Raw era. Raw had started in 93, so yes. uh, this is on the heels of WrestleMania 10, which saw the, well, they righted the wrong of WrestleMania 9, and Bret Hart is the leader, the fearless leader of the new generation. So he would be on this card defending against Diesel. However, he did lose at WrestleMania 10 to the Rock at Owen Hart. Yeah, I'd say the better match of his matches at WrestleMania 10 was with his brother, Owen yes. Hart. I think it's actually Owen's best match ever yeah. and i think you could make a case that it might be brett's as well this it was an amazing match i would definitely check that out and we're not going to do it this week but no. wrestlemania 10 that match is phenomenal i think it's better than the latter match between sean and, and, and the fact that they kicked it off kicked the show off with it too yeah we open with a shot of baltimore maryland and then it's time to get a look at that bracket board patrick it's the king of the ring of course so it's a tournament yeah. And this was still in the era of King of the Rings when the quarterfinal matches were on the card, too. Not just two semifinals and the finals. Yeah, people were still actually working three matches. Yeah, you're going to have to do three matches if you want this this coveted crown. Yes. Still, at this time in 94, 
still a good a thing to have, you know. If yeah, you, if it you, helped your career. Yeah, yeah, this was not a hindrance. If you won this, this was good. IRS will take on Mabel. Razor Ramon will take on Bam Bam Bigelow. Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Taking on the one, two, three kid. And then Owen Hart will meet Tatanka. Those are your quarterfinal matches. As we're looking at the bracket board, of course, Double J sneaks in and argues with Todd Pettengill about who will win. Then Owen Hart, his future tag team partner, comes in and argues that he's going to win. Then Bam Bam Bigelow interrupts and says he's going to win. And then Erwin R. Scheister comes in and says he's going to win. So all the heels argue with each other over who's going to win. And then, of course, champion versus champion, Diesel versus Bret Hart. And Diesel with HBK, so the dudes with attitudes, will be in the title match, which is not going on last for some reason. And then Jerry Lawler and Roddy Piper. The tag titles on the line as Yokozuna and Crush will take on the Head Shrinkers. Now it's time to go to the arena. To celebrate America, Patrick, we will have the national anthem sang to us by Ricky Medlock, lead singer of Blackfoot. I have no idea who this is. And Ricky Medlock... Stinks is singing this national anthem. I didn't even. I fast forward. Oh, you skip. Well, because you know all the words. You sing. You sing it on your own. You stand. I am and sing. a true patriot. That I I I like to play the music and, and sing at my house. Well, you didn't miss much here because he has like a growly voice, and so oh, really? instead of trying to hit the high notes, he would just go low. Yeah. I might include a clip of it here. Okay. So. Yeah. And I'm a free. He ends the national anthem with, let's get it on. I hope Mills Lane wasn't watching with his attorney to (laughs) call him. Here's our commentary team for the night, and this is when things took the bad turn. I agree, yes. Now, Bobby Heenan had already split for WCW in 94. And we didn't have, we did not have Mean Gene Okerlund either, so... Right. We don't have... We don't have a we don't have a backstage person except for um, Pettengale. Todd Pettengale, and we don't have a funny commentary play by play guy. And Vince isn't doing it for some reason right. tonight. So we have Gorilla Monsoon. We have the oddest commentary team assembled of all time. I agree, Gorilla and Jr. was with the company, so I don't understand this one. Oh, that's right, he did WrestleMania nine. So he might. This might have been. Uh, he had Bell's palsy attacks in 94, I think, so he might have okay. been out with that. All so right. The one and only Gorilla Monsoon. Okay, starting out okay. Macho Man Randy Savage. Okay, not a very good commentator, but a great wrestler. Good mouthpiece. I'll take it any day of the week. Commentary, not his... Uh, WrestleMania 9 would be so much better if they could clip his commentary out of WrestleMania Really? 9. Oh, he's... Him and us. Oh, yeah, do the thing. Do the thing if you got the guts. Of course I know who that is. Like, no, just terrible stuff. But the... Uh, oh, I, the winner. I think him between uh, him and... Um, well, the third commentator on this table makes Macho Man look like Gordon Sully. Oh, yes. And that would be... That would be football great. I don't even know if he's a legend. Would you call him a legend? He he was in the... Ne- I looked him up earlier. Okay. He He's in the Football Hall of Fame. He, he was, is in the Football Hall of Fame. He was put there in 1969. This guy had been out of football. Yes. For like forty years, almost, yes. and he he played when they still had leather helmets. So yeah, he played for the Baltimore Colts. Yes, and then he played for a New York team that I, I forget the name of it. He played for the New York Yanks. 
a football team that I've never heard of. I just want to issue an apology to JBL, to Byron Saxton, to David Atunga. (laughs) Holy shit. To He's apologizing to JBL. Mark it on your calendar. To Booker T. Oh. To Dusty when he was a commentator. Art Donovan is the worst commentator (laughs) I've ever heard in the history of pro wrestling. This guy is a fucking idiot. (laughs) And this goes back to wrestling's love of football guys. Go to get those fucking football guys on. It doesn't matter how you get them on. Just get the fucking football guys on. Yeah. Okay, they're in Baltimore. Now, so that means the crowd, he's famous in Baltimore. Baltimore Colts. Right. Good idea to have him there. But he's doing commentary for us, the people that bought this on pay-per-view. Not the people. Not the people there. <laughs> so the people that you brought him in to enter, the crowd would go nuts for this guy. Have him walk out with like. Have him be a ring announcer. Yeah. Announce the matches. Yeah. Just say, here's whoever and here's whoever. That way we're not affected that much by him like everyone else. Oh my is. God. This guy, they stuck him at the desk. <laughs> He didn't know shit about anything. <laughs> All he cared about was how much people weighed. How much does this guy weigh? How much does this guy weigh? Who's the guy in the American flag? <laughs> and he, I could tell. Gorilla is a pro at this. <laughs> Gorilla was getting pissed. But I could tell. Gorilla was he, getting pissed. And even Macho Man. I could tell he was irritating Macho Man, which takes talent. Because, like, Macho Man, like I said, is not a great commentator. But even him sitting there, I could tell. I could hear it in his voice that he was getting pissed off with fucking Art Donovan. This guy. What the fuck, man? I would take a million. I would take a million Tony Schiavone's. I would take a million Vince McMahon doing commentary. Anything. I would pay someone at the WWE Network to edit out Art Donovan's commentary for this thing because it's that it's that bad, it's that distracting. It takes me completely out of the match because I just go, I get fuming mad. Because he can't and he can't remember who people are. Every match he'll go like four or five times. Wait, now what's that guy again? Yeah, and you're like, oh god. Here we go. Now I had never I had never seen this pay per view, so Art Donovan was an unpleasant surprise, and and. I had heard the, how much does this guy weigh? Because that's in the uh, the Botchamania intro. Every Botchamania intro, they have all these great clips of just bullshit. And there was this yeah. one that says, how much does this guy weigh? And when I heard Art Donovan say it, I was like, that's the guy from the Botchamania intro. So That's his claim to fame in wrestling right yeah. there. Yeah, how much does this guy weigh? They intro the, the night's event and they ask, hey Art, who do you think's going to win? Now remember this, write this down people. Art picks Razor Ramon. To win the King of the Ring. And he knows what he's talking about, so make your bets now. Macho Man thinks that Diesel will win the belt tonight. Yeah. Which seems odd, because it wasn't he a babyface commentator? He was. Why is he? He picked the heel. He picked the heel. Bam Bam will open against Razor Ramon. This is our first matchup in the quarterfinals. Bam Bam walks out with Luna, who, if you remember to WrestleMania 9, was introduced with Shawn Michaels. It was one of the weirdest pairings they ever... Yes. The boy toy, the sexy boy, is going to walk out with this beast... Yes. Another beast. Luna Vachon, but by WrestleMania 10, she was back with her main squeeze, Bam Bam Bigelow. And there was a lot to squeeze there. This there was, was a, a lot. To, he's a big man. 15-minute time limit. How much does he weigh? <laughs> <laughs> Razor throws the toothpick at Luna. How about that? Bam Bam gets a jump on Razor, takes him down with a shoulder block. Bam Bam goes upstairs looking for the headbutt, but misses. Razor chance break out as the, uh, the babyface Razor Ramon. This crowd is hot for him. 
And I don't blame him. He's he looks, over. He looks awesome. He's mm-hmm. over. Bam Bam lands an Insiguri on Razor for a two count. Bam Bam puts Razor in the torture rack. Take some notes, Lex Luger. It's the laziest torture rack because he doesn't actually rack him. He just holds him on his shoulders. Yeah. Razor, though, pops out of it after ages of laying up there on Bam Bam's shoulders. He pops out and hits a side suplex to Bam Bam. Razor fires up, lands his signature strikes in a scoop slam. Razor catches Bam Bam trying to do a top turnbuckle moonsault and instead just power bombs him off into a jackknife cover and wins the match in 824. So Razor Ramon will be advancing in the King of the Ring tournament. Uh, good good start off match. Yeah, this was fine. Uh, I can't complain too much about the King of the Ring matches because they're all very short. Yeah. Todd Pettengill is backstage with Erwin R. Scheister and Mabel. Oh, IRS sort of uh, stumbles this through his This is a uh, bad promo. interview for IRS, man. He can't get out what he's trying to say, and then he's like, it was almost it was almost like Sid all over again, like, hey, can I, can I redo this kind of thing? No, we're live, buddy. Yeah, it was almost there, but he remembered they were live, so. As Mabel is jawing with IRS, Oscar from Men in a Mission interjects and he thinks Mabel will win. All right, guys, thank you very much. You can see the Corb, King of the Ring board, Razor Ramon advances. He will meet the winner of this matchup, IRS and Mabel. I'm worried about you, Mabel, because I'm going to take you out. Then I'm going to get Razor Ramon, and I hope Tatanka makes it to the finals because this is the last time he'll have to face IRS. I'm taking him out, too. I'll see you in the ring. IRS obviously making his way to the ring. Mabel, how do you react? You better not be worried about Razor Ramon. You better be worried about M to the A to the B E L because you'll never pin my shoulders to the mat, IRS. Never. Let's talk about Razor Ramon for just a second. Will you look ahead? Is there a chance that you guys can get Razor Ramon and then move on? This is for the king of the ring. This is for all the marbles. First, we're going to take that tax punk out and then Razor. I like you, but it's business, B. It ain't personal. One man at a time, that's all what I worry about. I got a personal grudge against IRS. And then, Razor, if you step in the ring with me, you're going down. I'm the real bad guy. WWF superstars all have their own strategy. You heard IRS say he was going to look by Mabel. Obviously, Mabel didn't like that. He says he's not looking by anybody. Going to take care of IRS. Let's see what's happens. Let's go back to Gorilla and the Macho Man. IRS comes out, and I love this is all the coaching he got was yes. you're a tax man. Yeah. Go out there and just say tax stuff. To call them all tax cheats, say they don't pay their taxes. Got it, boss. Boy, he did that. He nailed that to a T because he comes out with the microphone and he yells, oh, look at all these tax evaders. They're mostly children, so they don't have to pay taxes. But I just love it. I, it's so... They weren't claim dependents. Yeah. <laughs> you you claimed dependent. If he had gotten into like like you didn't file your form Z fifty five. Like yeah. I wish he I wish I wish he would have gotten really into the tax code right, instead of right. just your tax cheat. You're a tax cheat. Hey, pay some fucking taxes. Yeah. A lot of trash talking going on. What do you say, right? Yeah, like you. They were right on. Social security number, kid. Looking to slap on somebody again. To pay IRS. Get that out of my face while I ram it down your throat. This is getting heated up already. Boy, is it ever. We are hot here in the Baltimore Arena. We Isn't are live. Isn't this nice? Look at all these tax evaders. Randy, is this one of the wrestlers? He's one of the best. He looks like bringing on down, Mabel. Let's see what you got. Because you're going to pay IRS. 
looks like a businessman. Well, he's a businessman, and if TCBs takes care of business in the Look ring, but he better not think about Razor Ramon, he better think about Mabel. Of course, IRS created because uh, Mr. McMahon would be hounded by the IRS. and uh, Yes, this was uh, Mr. McMahon's being way bitter. of, of uh, kind of jabbing back at the, uh, the government. Oscar... Wraps Mabel out to the ring. It's a shitty rap that can't really understand most of it. Mabel hits a nice standing suplex and dances around the ring. Mabel defeated Scott Steiner to get into the tournament. That's unfortunate. I would have much rather seen Scott Steiner here. Art Donovan keeps asking stupid questions. Who's the guy in the white suit? He asked Macho and Gorilla, Do you guys enjoy doing this? And I think he was referencing, Do you guys enjoy doing commentary? But Gorilla thought it meant, Did you guys enjoy being wrestlers? And so... Macho Man and Gorilla have to explain that, yes, they li- they liked being wrestlers very much. Mabel nearly small packages IRS who tried to slam him. You can't slam Mabel. No. Give me a break, guys. Joey Morell is the ref for this match. He would die next month in a car crash. He and Harvey Whippleman dri- riding back together after a show in o- uh, from Ocean City, Maryland. Really? Yeah. Uh, Joey Morella fell asleep at the wheel and uh, did not wear a seatbelt and was killed in the crash. And, I did not know this. And Harvey Whippleman survived. So, yeah, uh, sadly, this is uh, Joey Morella's last pay-per-view. The adopted son of Gorilla Monsoon. Wow. I was not aware of that. Tony Chimmel, I think, gave his kid a nickname, or his middle name is named after Joey Morella. And, of course, Santino Morella's last name is in honor of Joey and Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah. So. Mabel looks for a move off the second rope, but IRS shakes him and makes him fall over. Mabel, being so big and so fat, just falling down from the second rope. Stuns him. It stuns him so bad that his shoulders are pinned for a three count. <laughs> He's stuck on his shell. He's like a turtle that's upside yeah. down. Yeah. An IRS. Wow. An upset, I would say. Gets I, the win. I agree. Over Mabel. This was your upset of the night. Jim Cornette is with Japanese sympathizer Crush and Yokozuna and Mr. Fuji. They're just sitting around backstage chilling. Cornette asks the camera crew to leave, and then Crush kicks at the camera. So whatever it was we were going to see, we're not allowed to. No. Come on in here. What's the matter with you? How many? Get in here. You guys ever on time in your life? Let me explain something to you. Out of the goodness of our hearts, we're giving Coliseum Home Video a rare opportunity, the chance of a lifetime, to see the next World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions preparing for their big match tonight, and you almost spoil it by not getting here on time. Mr. Fuji's got them all prepared. He's been leading the training, and he's trained champions, and he's made legends for a long time, and tonight's going to be no different when we beat those head shrinkers for the belts. Right, Mr. Fuji? Very true, Mr. Cornette. <laughs> Yokozuna, crush. Tonight is the head shrinkers. That hey, Shankrit, I won the World Wrestling Federation taking belt. I'm on both of you. You hear me? Tonight, we will be the new champions. Oh, yeah, we're going to have the gold. That's right. Now, get out of here, because we got some different strategies to prepare, and we don't feel like having you involved in it. Get out of here. Did you? You heard it, here, bro. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Tatanka, Buffalo, is out next, and then he's going to face the Rocket Owen Hart. Tatanka gets a jump on Owen, and back body drops him for a two count. A vertical suplex to Owen for two. Art Donovan just wonders how much does Tatanka weigh? That's really what I took away from Art's commentary here is, how much does Tatanka weigh? Owen and Tatanka battle out on the floor, and then Owen rams Tatanka's shoulder into the turnbuckle. But don't worry, Tatanka wouldn't be selling that at all. We go backstage, in the middle of the match, to the split box, where we see that Razor and IRS... They're about to scrap, but the WWF Stooges break it up. Hey, save it for the ring, buddy. Owen lands a missile drop kick for a two count. Tatanka fires up, 
But then Owen throws him headfirst into the turnbuckle. Well, he no-sells that. And then he does his chops, his chop dance, I would say. Yeah, his... uh, You're Native American. You chop things down. Yeah. With a tomahawk. That's what they do. Because that's not, like, racist at all. He covers Owen for a two count. Then Tatanka DDTs Owen for a two count. Then he hits a top turnbuckle chop for a two count. Tatanka hits a running power slam for a two count on Owen. None of that could put Owen away. No. So Tatanka says, you know what? I'll try a sunset flip. Owen, he just sits down on Tatanka's sunset flip attempt, hooks the leg, and gets the three. One, two, three. Yeah. 8-18. After doing virtually nothing in this match, Owen... That's that's smart strategy though. Yeah. If you know you can outsmart him, save your energy because you got to wrestle two more times. You got to go. Todd is backstage with the dudes with attitudes, Diesel and Sean. Todd asks Diesel about powerbombing Bret Hart on the King's Court. Diesel says, "Well, I'm going to do it again tonight, and then I'm going to have both the Intercontinental and World Title be a double champion. A belt on each shoulder." All right. We've got the Todster standing by with the big seven-foot diesel and Shawn Michaels taking Todd. That's right, Gorilla. The WWF Championship on the line tonight. Guys, before we start, I just want to let both of you know we talked with uh, the hitman Bret Hart earlier on on the live edition of All-American. Maybe we could take a look, take it back a couple of weeks ago and take a look at the jackknife on the King's Court. This was uh, Big Daddy Cool Diesel. And there you see it, folks. Unbelievable. The hitman goes up and then crashing down. An awesome move. And we talked to the hitman. He said it was one of the most painful experiences of his entire career. And I have to tell you, Todd, since that time, I haven't got any sleep. Knowing that I might have, sorry, that I might have caused the hitman some pain really uh, is upsetting me as of late. I can't tell you, it really is. Neither one of us has slept. You know, I got two words to say to you, Bret Hart, tonight. Jack knife. It happened once. It'll happen again. You're coming right my way, Bret Hart. And I'll tell you what, this shoulder, when the night's over, I'll have the other belt on it. Are you guys concerned who the family member will be in his corner? We don't know who it's going to be. You guys concerned? Well, I think it's safe to assume that it's not the Rocket. And I got news for you. Nobody in that family likes, none of, you know, each other. They're all sibling rivalry. I don't think he's bringing anybody. Hitman, you're going to have to face Big Daddy Cool. And when you do, you're going up. And down once again. Ladies and gentlemen, your new World Wrestling Federation champion, Big Daddy Cool. Oh, yeah, me too. (laughs) Let's go back to ringside. Double J is out next in some bright orange tights. Some vol orange tights, I would say. He's going to take on the 1-2-3 kid. This is the last quarterfinal matchup in the King of the Ring. Art Donovan, at the appearance of 1-2-3 kid, says, He looks like a boxer. (laughs) I don't know what that means, but okay. The kid counters a superplex and lands a high cross for two. Double J gets cradled as he goes for a figure four, and the kid gets another one, two, three, and the one, two, three kid wins this match. Yes. But Double J, he gets all his heat back because he pile drives the kid one, two, three times. Yes. And then the doctors come out to check on the future X-Pac. And they take him to the back. Will he make it out to his next match? I don't think he can make it. No, definitely. Count him out. And so the semifinals are set. It's going to be IRS and Razor and 1-2-3-Kid and Owen. Time for a new gen promo with black and white footage compared to the color footage of NASCAR, jet planes, and of course the new generation of WWF superstars. Out with the old. In with the new generation. Todd is with Bret Hart. Todd tosses to a clip of the jackknife powerbomb that happened to Bret in the King's Court. 
Brett doesn't think he can do it to him again. Brett says Diesel overestimates himself and underestimates Brett. Brett kind of fumbles his way through this promo, too. I guess he got some lessons from IRS and promos. Brett refuses to say he's bringing out a member of the Hart family tonight. Who will be in his corner? He refuses to say. Tap into the future. Experience the new WWF generation. Folks, speaking of the new generation, I'm standing with the WWF champion, Brett the Hitman Hart. Brett, earlier on, we talked to Big Daddy Cool Diesel and Shawn Michaels. We talked about the unbelievable jackknife. I know this is painful. I want to ask you to look at this just one more time and, and tell us what was going through your mind. If we could show that to the Hitman just one more time, an absolutely awesome, awesome maneuver. You can see a couple of weeks ago on the uh, King's Court, well, I guess we're not going to see it here, but obviously you told me earlier on that it was an unbelievably painful move. There you can see it now coming in slow motion. So this is a long, long drop. Uh, this is one of the most painful things I've ever had done to me. But let me say one thing. Diesel is a long way from doing that to me again. That's the big thing. Can he do it to me again? I don't know whether I can kick out. You know, I don't know. I don't know a lot of things, but I do know one thing. He's a long way from putting that move on me. We talked to him, and he said he's going to walk out of here tonight with both belts on his shoulder. He's got his intercontinental belt on one shoulder, and he says he will have your belt on his other shoulder. That's his first mistake, to overestimate and underestimate me and overestimate himself. That's his first mistake. Diesel, he's a big guy, you know. He's so impressive to look at. But he better take a good look, a good long look at my record. I am the excellence of execution. I've faced every single wrestler in the World Wrestling Federation that I've stepped in the ring with has found out the hard way that I am the excellence of execution because I don't duck anybody and I got to move for just about anybody, anybody, no matter what his size is. And Diesel may be seven feet tall, but I've said it before. Once I get him in the ring, I will bring him down to my size. Brett, can you tell us who that family member is going to be? I know Shawn Michaels will be with Diesel. Who's it going to be? You really want to know, don't you? Yeah, who's, I mean, you're going to, come on. Let, who's it going to be? You want an initial? Nah, why, why, why tease you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring him out in a minute. But like I said before, I got a backup plan for Shawn Michaels. I know Shawn Michaels is, is looking to involve himself somewhere in here. But I've been the, the victim of injustice once before. And I'm not going to allow it to happen. The hitman, Bret Hart. Good luck, man. Just going to have to stick around. I mean, we bought the pay-per-view. I guess yeah. we'll stick around for it. Bill Dunn is our ring announcer for some reason. Diesel is out first. The crowd seems indifferent towards Big Daddy Cool here. He's uh, not quite over yet, I would say. This is still a uh, a new... A new character. A new character. He'd only been on TV, what, three, four months? Yeah, and he's already the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, so. they gave him the title right away. Brett comes out and brings out Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Welcome back, buddy. He's going to bring Jim the Anvil to the ring. He'll be in his corner. Brett's singlet looks like it has spooge all over it. as It's got. It's supposed to be, I guess, white paint, but yes. it's splashed all over. It looks like he had a terrible morning uh, in Baltimore and yes. needed to do some uh, tight laundry, I yeah. would say. Art Donovan, I make a note that his commentary, he annoys the fuck out of Macho Man uh, during this match. Yeah, pretty bad. Now, this is the world championship match. This is the WWF title. Yes. And your champion is Bret Hart. And, you know, you're trying to get him over as this... He's the face of the new generation. So what does Art Donovan say? This match is like David and Goliath. So he's he's saying that your, your champion is small and weak. And if he beats Diesel, it would be an upset. Whereas it should be the other way around. That Diesel is the inexperienced one. 
to beat Brett would be a huge accomplishment. Never mind. Art Donovan, fuck off. I'm, I'm with you on that. No, I, I understand. Diesel chokes Hart in the corner, misses a knee to Brett in the corner. So Brett focuses on the legs of Diesel. That would be the story of Brett's strategy, which is smart. This is a good strategy for a big man. Because no matter how big they are, they can't be taller than you when they're on their mat. Why not? So Brett stomps and fucks with Diesel's knees. Brett locks Diesel in the figure four, not a sharpshooter. Diesel, though, is so tall that the ropes are basically at his hands every time he's on the ground. So... Diesel easily gets to the ropes. Brett goes back to work on the leg with some spinning leg locks. Brett crotches Diesel while he's on his back in the turnbuckle and works on his legs some more. HBK sneaks in a clothesline on Brett. Anvil, what the fuck are you doing, pal? You're supposed to be watching Brett's back. And Sean has no trouble getting to Brett at any time during this match. Yeah. So Anvil then chases him around so they run around the ring like cartoon characters. I love how Anvil, like, slides in and slides right back out. Yeah. As he's giving chase, Sean's running around the outside, and when he comes to like every other corner, Anvil slides under the bottom rope and slides right back out and takes off. Still can't catch him. Still can't catch him. People wonder, why does Brett always use a second rope? Well, because of what happens here. Brett tries something off the top rope. Diesel is supposed to catch him. Brett kind of slips as he's coming off the rope, and then Diesel fucks up the catch, and so then they just tumble to the ground, and then Diesel has to deadlift Hart back up to get back into the original spot. It was Diesel yeah. was going to catch him in a bear hug. Right. Yeah. And they just completely fall down and I would have rather let go of it personally. Just like, <laughs> well, especially if the payoff is a bear hug. Yeah. I just been like Oh, he took him down. If I was Brett, I'd throw him some punches. Yeah. Just kind of like a Arthez Preston or something. Yeah. You know? yeah. Hart dumps Diesel out of the ring. Hart misses a dive over the ropes, Diesel, and smacks into the concrete. Diesel rams Hart's back into the turnbuckle and will now work Hart's back. So that's Diesel's strategy now. Whips him hard into the turnbuckle to where... Be- where Brett's back smacks into the turnbuckle and he thuds face down into the mat. HBK, while Brett's down, decides to huddle up with Diesel. And talk some strategy. Diesel comes back and sidewalk slams Bret Hart. Then he stretches Hart's back over his knee. It looked great. HBK cheap shots Bret Hart. Again, Anvil, where the fuck are you, pal? (laughs) And Nash runs his knee into the back of Hart's head. Ouch. Nash steps on Hart's injured back. And HBK slaps Bret in the face. You wonder why these guys don't like each other. It's getting slapped in the face in this match. Started it all. Bret rolls up Nash while he's complaining to, I believe it's Dave Hebner. And he gets a two count. Nash hits a backbreaker for two. Sean tries to take the turnbuckle pad off while Diesel is getting Hart up in a torture rack. A uh, The opposite way you do the torture rack. Like Diesel has Hart over his shoulder in a torture rack type maneuver. While HBK tries to get that turnbuckle pad off. But HBK cannot do this. He sucks at getting the turnbuckle pad off. Yeah, no, it was tied too, too well. Yeah, that Sean, ref apparently. did a bad job. That bunny through the through the hole there just wasn't coming undone. Hart slips out of it and gets a deep sleeper on Diesel. Hebner takes a ref bump so Diesel can go and finish taking the turnbuckle pad off. Brett throws Diesel's head into the exposed buckle to a decent reaction from the crowd. Hart lights up Diesel with strikes. Hart clotheslines the big man down for two. Hart hits his second rope elbow, his patented elbow, for a two count. Bulldogs him off the second rope. And then goes for the sharpshooter. HBK teases getting involved, but then gets knocked down off the apron by Bret Hart. Anvil still cannot find Shawn Michaels at all. Hart clotheslines Diesel from the second rope for a two count. 
Hart tries a backslide and then kicks off the turnbuckle into a small package for two. Very nice. Nash gets the big boot on Hart. Then Hart tries a Texas Cloverleaf on Nash, but Nash gets to the ropes. Nash beats up Anvil, and then HBK delivers a belt shot to Bret Hart. Uh-oh, this is not looking good. Bret Hart kicks out at the last possible second. Uh, Hebner's hand was coming down to the mat, and he kicked out. Yeah, I almost, milliseconds I almost was like, oh, they just screwed up, and... That was a three. But for some reason, Jim the Anvil Neidhart finally decides to wake up and get involved in this match. So he goes and nails Shawn Michaels and then goes into the ring as Bret Hart is being jackknifed by Diesel. Yes. Neidhart hits Diesel, clearly in view of the ref. DQ, Bret Hart keeps the belt. I'm in shock that Bret had to cheat to win. But that's not what happened. That's what happened. Bret cheated to win. Neidhart is very upset, so he just leaves. Yeah. As soon as he interfered. And so HB and leaves Brett to die. And so Oh yeah, because they beat the shit out of Brett. HBK and Teasel put the boots to Brett. Renee Goulet and the refs have to come out to break it up. The original stooge, Renee Goulet, from the back comes to save Brett Hart's life. This was a very look for Diesel. Brett Hart got a great match out of Kevin Nash, who who Yeah. The original five moves of Doom, that's Kevin Nash. Well, five moves of fucking Doom. And Brett got as much out of Diesel. And I mean, Diesel, in all his main events, is basically two people. Bret Hart, well, three people. He had the match with Sean at WrestleMania, which was a bummer. It was a shitty match. He wrestled Bret Hart, and he wrestled The Undertaker. And I think Bret Hart got the most out of Kevin Nash ever. I think yeah. this is, the matches they had together is as good as Kevin Nash would ever be in the ring. Yeah. And that just, it made me appreciate Bret Hart's talent that much more because he took a big clunky guy that doesn't know much and got made the match work and wrestled it with logic where I'm going to take out his legs and things were paced correctly and yeah I mean this match went over 20 minutes he got over 20 minutes out of Kevin Nash is it's, it's incredible and for Kevin to go seven that's saying something <laughs> yeah Todd is backstage with Jerry Lawler he says this event was named after him and he's gonna knock Piper Roddy Piper into oblivion Lawler says he's the king and that's the bottom line? What? That's what he... Well, Stone Cold must have been listening. And he laughs about Piper's promise to give his winnings tonight to a children's hospital. Those little brats. Snot those kids. Time for our semifinals in the King of the Ring. Razor is out first. He'll take on IRS. He says that Razor is a tax fraud and a tax... He says Razor is a tax fool and a tax cheat idiot. That's what he says to Razor Ramon. IRS throws himself out of the ring when Razor duck ducks a clothesline. IRS puts Razor in a headlock and uses the ropes as an advantage. Razor grabs IRS by the tie. A very good idea. Why would you ever wear a tie in the ring? I'm surprised that that somebody hasn't done this sooner. Because they grab him by the tie and he just slings him all over that damn ring. IRS mistimes his jump for the Razor's edge. He almost botches the Razor's edge here right off the bat. But Scott Hall readjusts and hits the Razor's Edge for the win in 513. Razor Ramon heading to the finals of King of the Ring 94. Now, your last match of the semifinals. Well, before that, Brett is backstage, and he is stomping around the locker rooms angry. He wants to know where Anvil is. Patrick, why would he be angry? He saved the belt. Because Brett didn't want to win that one. <laughs> I don't care. Brett had to cheat to win. Brett I keep didn't, telling you. Technically, Brett didn't cheat. Anvil cheated. But he cheated for Brett. 
And that makes Brett look bad. Just take the a wins. Keeping the belt is what's important. I don't think it makes him look like. You so know, it's, it doesn't make it. It doesn't heel turn Brett. No matter whether you win or lose, always cheat. <laughs> well, Jesse the Body Ventura said it best. You know, you fight fair up until a point. But then if you have to cheat to win, go ahead and cheat. There's no, there's nothing wrong with cheating when you know yeah. that you can't win otherwise. It's only cheating if you get caught, right? Yeah, that too. But Brett, I don't think it heals Bret Hart to take this win. I don't. I just don't see why he's so angry. You know, I, I understand that he could be upset. He didn't have to, he didn't celebrate after the win. I mean, he got the boots taken to him. If Bret Hart had celebrated, I could say, well, now he's a heel. Now yeah. he approves. But he doesn't yeah. have to go stomping around. Back. In fact, I'd go to Anvil and I'd be like, high five, brother. You know, you. I got powerbombed. I was about to lose. And you saved me. Yeah, now I don't approve of what you did, but you saved me. Yeah. We go to Todd Pettengill, who's backstage, and he says, I don't know if 123Kid is going to be able to make it out to this match versus The Rock at Owen Hart. So Owen comes out first. The 123Kid's music hits. We're looking around. No one, two, three. Out of the side stage. Out of the smoke. Stumbling down towards the ring is our injured hero, one, two, three, kid. Owen is not going to be fucking around with this guy for very long. No. He, Owen jumps him. Baseball slides him and knocks him right out of his boots. Yeah. I mean, man. I don't think he saw it coming or knew <laughs> no. it was coming. Because he was not prepared. I mean, Owen nailed him hard. Took his that. head off. Yeah. And then did a... Whatever it's, it's called. It's almost like a suicide dive in a way. But the problem is, is he overshoots one, two, three kid and just barely grazes his head. So then he climbs up to the turnbuckle for a splash. Well, he rolls one, two, three kid into the ring after this assault on the ramp. He rolls him in. He splashes him off the top turnbuckle. But one, two, three, kid kicks out at two for some reason. He's got more guts than brains, Patrick. Kid hits a rotating crossbody off the top rope to Owen. Then Owen and Sean Waltman have a great almost lucha exchange. Both of these guys can do that. Owen Insiguri's the kid for a two count. Then X-Pac hits a bridging Northern Lights suplex for a three count. The hand came down on the three, Patrick. Yes. The ref saw that Owen had put his foot on the ropes. After the three, I don't think it matters. Does it matter? What are the It rules? does. It, until I call for the bell, the match is not over. X-Pac hits a springboard senton to Owen, who was out on the ring mats. Owen hits a bridging German suplex to 1-2-3-Kid for a two-count. A belly-to-belly for a two-count. Then he counters a Hurricane Rana. 1-2-3-Kid tries a Hurricane Rana. Owen counters it into a powerbomb and then goes right into the sharpshooter. And the kid just can't survive the sharpshooter. And Owen advances to the King of the Ring finals in what I thought was an excellent match. For, oh, yeah. It only took about four minutes, but it was, it was intense. Walt- it was Waltman's best match ever. We go backstage with the hot rod, Roddy Piper. He has a Halliburton briefcase, a Hershey's king-size bar. Get it? For the king. He tells Lawler that he's not a dummy, and he's been around a long time. He names all the kings. Rodney, Don... And his dog, King, and that he's beaten them all and he's going to beat Jerry Lawler later. Not Roddy's best work backstage here. No, Roddy was pretty rusty here. Rusty Roddy Piper. Rusty Roddy Piper. <laughs> well, nice to see you again, Coliseum Video. So I've got six kids. First thing I take off, my pants is the first thing I take off. Well, I'm in, uh, where the heck am I? I'm in um, Baltimore. The reason I'm in Baltimore is for Jerry the King Lawler. Liar, lawyer. <laughs> I love Hershey. This is uh, Simon Athlete. 
And I saw Jerry the King Waller, and I'm going to fight him in about oh, four hours from now. And I've seen all the things he said. <laughs> and the one that's the worst one, that son of an unnamed goat man. He comes up with some kid, and he's right. He looked at his arms looking like two pieces of spaghetti with mosquito bites on it. And that kid, the worst thing though was, he does this great imitation of Roddy Piper. They ought to hire him. Get me out of here. <laughs> kid, of all things, he's going to say, And I saw Hell Comes to Frogtown. I'm making a sequel. Hell Comes to Dogtown. You couldn't have picked They Live or No Contest or any of the other things I did. You had to pick one of the worst pictures I've ever made that I've always denied. It's about the last potent male in the world. <laughs> Which is not me. <clears throat> However, I'm gonna see. Thought you might sneak up on me there, didn't you, Lawler? <laughs> I'm gonna see if I just can't find that kid because that kid was really taken advantage of. As far as Lawler goes, you see, what you, Lawler, what you don't want to forget is he's smart as a fox. He's no dummy. He's been around a long time. Now I noticed when I came into Baltimore, there was no flies from King Tony. <laughs> So he's full and he's ready to go. <laughs> kind of chunky, no neck, you know, you never want to trust a guy with no neck. You know where to go, you know? Hard to pin a guy with no neck. And you take King Toddy, funky frog. It's true, it's about a frog who dreamed of being a king and became one. And he is kind of a king in his own right. He beat a lot of guys. And you know what? All this talk that's gone back and forth don't mean nothing now. Now it's time to fight. So you can bring some skinny little brat into the locker room. You can bring him down and tell him what to say and bring him in the ring and be a king. You can pretend you're a king. I mean, as I said, there's plen plenty of kings in the world. Why? There's Rodney King. There's Don King. There was King the Dog. And then there's Jerry the King Lawler, huh? A proud place for kings to come from. But at the end of the night, you're going to find out two things. Number one, everybody pays the piper. Number two, there ain't no such thing as a king. Bottom line, Coliseum video, you're the only one with enough guts to come into my locker room. Now get the hell out! Tag titles up next. Cornette and Fuji are out with Crush and Yokozuna. The Head Shrinkers are out next, which we saw just a couple weeks ago. Great American Bash 89. Here they are in 94 still, the Samoan yep. SWAT team. They're out with Captain Lou Albano, Lou Albano and Afa. Samu lands a nice spinning roundhouse to his relative Yokozuna. By yes. the way... No Japanese people in this match, despite Crush is Hawaiian, he's a Japanese sympathizer. Correct. And Yokozuna is Samoan. Correct. And then the other guys are Samoan. Correct. And his relatives. It's weird knowing that three of these guys no, in the, no. out of the four are related. What's really weird is no one involved in this match is American, but yet they chant USA. They did? They did. I didn't notice that. They did, towards the end. Well, that was that for Luger, though? Did they see Luger coming no, down the ramp? No, this was, this was before that. So, Samu lands a nice spinning roundhouse to Yokozuna that causes Zuna to retreat and tag in Crush, who gets pile-driven by Fatu, the big quiche. Crush clotheslines Rikishi, who sells it with a 360, that, that great sell that he always did for clotheslines. Crush pile-drives Rikishi for a two-count. Zuna gets that big leg drop on Rikishi. That ma that is a hell of a leg drop. 
Yeah, I would not take that. Zuna misses a running hip attack on Rikishi, and Samu tags in. How big is that guy? <laughs> How much does that guy weigh? How much does his leg weigh? Fatu and Samu stereo kick Zuna right out of the ring. Zuna crotches Rikishi, and then Crush hits a superplex on him, and they nearly drops Fatu on his head. When Crush is superplexing Rikishi, he nearly just goes all the way over and... Almost like a super brain bust. Yeah, it was it was ugly. I'll be your hero. Lex Luger comes down to the ring and yells at Crush, who gets rolled up by Samu for two. At least he kicks out. He's not in today's WWE. That would be a three count because oh, yeah. if they're distracted by anything, they get yeah. rolled up. Art says, "Who's the fellow with the American flag?" Rikishi super kicks Crush and gets the win. Then Crush and Luger brawl after the bell. Crush retreats, but. Stupidly, he says, you know what, I'll go back in there. And he gets beaten down again. This time, Zuna slides him out of the ring to save him. And there you go. The tag titles are still on the shoulders of the head shrinkers. And rightly so. You know what I want? What's that? I want that one-piece singlet, red, white, and blue. Oh, I was going to say, Luger is really rocking a uh, fashion fashion forward look here yeah it's not even the flag it's just red it's like the french flag it's vertical stripes red white and blue blue. in a singlet with a panted singlet yeah very odd yes well he can't wait to get his straps down though to show off that that body though you better not run to the bathroom and think (laughs) (laughs) that's a big mess Todd is backstage with Owen. Owen says tonight Brett was a loser. And happy Father's Day, Stu. This pay-per-view taking place on Father's Day. Yeah, Brett, you won the King of the Ring last year, but tonight you were a loser, Brett. And I want to say I am going to win the King of the Ring, and I want to wish you a happy Father's Day, Dad. Razor and Owen come out. Razor scoop slams Owen and gets an elbow for a two count. Slingshots Owen to the turnbuckle for a two count. Reverses a backslide for a two count. Art, who at the beginning of this pay-per-view told us that he wanted to pick Razor Ramon, now says, I changed my mind. I'm picking the other guy now. (laughs) And so has changed. He's a heel turn. Art Donovan just heel turned in this match. He did. Every man has the right to change his mind. That's what Macho Man says to defend Art Donovan. Owen tries a spinning heel kick to Razor, but more hits him in the midsection because Razor's so tall. Razor hits a rock bottom to Owen for a two count. A fall away slam for a two count. Owen eventually goes on the attack, gets a a side Russian leg sweep, and then Owen goes up to the top turnbuckle looking for maybe a moonsault. But Razor catches him and back suplexes him off the top turnbuckle. Calls for the Razor's edge. This is it. Owen backdrops him, though, out of the ring. A common... This was the biggest counter to the Razor's edge. It always happened this way, where a backdrop out of the ring was always... If he would just move them more towards the center of the ring before he did the razor's edge, he wouldn't have to worry about it. Then the anvil runs out to check on Scott Hall, you think, at first. He goes and comforts Razor Ramon, and he's like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? But then, surprise, surprise, clotheslines him, runs him into the turnbuckle, and rolls him back into the ring for Owen. Owen delivers a Macho Man-style elbow off the top turnbuckle, and one, two, three, the King of Hearts pulls off the upset. Owen wins. Your winner and new King of the Ring, Owen Hart. Owen looks right into the camera and says, I did it! And he says, I hope you're watching, Dad. Going into this King of the Ring finals, I think conventional wisdom would tell you that Razor Ramon should probably win this because they've taken the IC belt off him. 
Right. And that usually means we're elevating you to the main event. He's one. He's the most over guy, I'd say, yeah. in the tournament, at no. least. Not in the company, but in the tournament. So everything would lead you to believe that Razor's... He's, he's pro- taking that next step. Yeah. But instead, pulled the trigger with Owen. And Owen would eventually turn this into a title match against Brett at SummerSlam. Yes. In a cage match. He would get his shot at the title. I mean, he did beat him at WrestleMania. So this was in the works for a while, I'd say. Anvil and Owen then put the boots to Razor. He beat the shit out of him. And hit the heart attack. The new foundation hitting the old heart attack on him. Yeah. We want Brett Chance breakout, but Brett will not run out to help Razor Ramon. No. Not a very good face. I mean, you could you could say, yeah. I, I will not fight my brother. <laughs> but he've already <laughs> fought him. <laughs> he's not a he's like John Cena or, Ho- or Hogan where they just never help out any other faces. No. They want help but they won't go out and help. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Razor just gets a shit beat out of him. I got your back, brother. Not really. Ray Rougeau is backstage with Brett. Brett, what do you think of that? No comment. Gorilla calls him the Toddster. Todd Pettengill is going to host the coronation ceremony of Owen Hart back up the ramp at the, the throne. Owen says he wants everyone to know that he did what he said he would do. Todd says, we'll get Jack Tunney out here to administer your coronation. Owen, this almost face turned Owen for me. He says, I don't want Jack Tunney out here. <laughs> I want Anvil to crown me. So Owen makes Pettengill. He says, get down on your knees and salute the king. Ladies and gentlemen, whereas the 1994 World Wrestling Federation King of the Ring Tournament has now been concluded, it is time for the coronation ceremony to commence. After having successfully endured and triumphed through three grueling tournament rounds, they call upon the Rocket, Owen Hart, as we proclaim I just want you to know, and all you dumb people out there, I did what I said I would do. I am the king of the ring, and I want everybody to start giving me the respect of a king. Ladies and gentlemen, President Jack Tunney at this time will do the honors in presenting the cake. You wait a minute here, pet and go. I don't want Jack Tunney. I want the only person in my whole family that I can trust, my main man, Jim the Anvil Neidhart. He's gonna present the king with his crown. taking over this coronation ceremony and he's got the power of the anvil standing right there to allow him to do just that he's got Tom down on one knee now the tremendous cape look at the anvil and the rocket together i mean they're family but we all know what's going on this is many dimensions 
Well, let's remember, Randy Savage, that they were a tag team combination. Please, you foundation. We know how tight they were. I mean, look at this. Can you believe what we're seeing at the time that we're seeing it going on right now? All the way live, right here from the Baltimore Arena, the King of the Ring 1994, his own heart, the Rocket. Well, we saw a miscarriage of justice last year when Bret the Hitman's coronation was interrupted by the self-professed King, Jerry Lawler, and now we're seeing a Ladies disgusting coronation here. May I present the 1994 King of the Ring. Ladies and gentlemen, the... Wait a minute here. My first proclamation as King is to be from this day forward known as the King of Hearts. The King of Hearts. Check and I want out. you people to remember it with respect for the King of Hearts. You don't think that he meant Bret Hart, do you? Oh, I mean, straightforward, right at him, one million percent. And then Anvil hands him over his scepter, his cape, and finally puts his crown more of a hat really yes. than a crown but he crowns owen hart owen grabs the mic and says he wants to be known as the king of hearts and for ever then on out he was the king of hearts owen hart he was not the rocket this was the, the end, end of, of the, the rock- rocket the rocket ship had landed a promo package recaps the feud between lawler and piper they're feuding of course over the most coveted prize in the wwf your own talk show segment yes Piper's Pit versus the King's Court. Versus the King's Court. Now, this is Jerry Lawler had only been back with the company since WrestleMania because, well, he, uh, let's just say a 15 year old girl alleged that Jerry Lawler had uh, maybe uh, had his way with her a couple of years prior because they were doing this huge angle in uh, Memphis that Vince yeah. came down to Memphis, even sent Macho Man to Memphis. Yeah. This huge interpromotional feud. All that got canceled because of, uh, Jerry Lawler's arrest. Later, it would turn out the girl made up the charges, so they brought Lawler back here at WrestleMania 10. Of course, Piper was the guest referee for the main event between Bret Hart and Zuna. And Jerry Lawler thought that Piper was a lousy referee and criticized him that night. So that was the that is the origin of this feud, basically. And then, of course, fighting over Raw had started, and King was doing King's Court, and yes, called out Piper. You remember Piper's pit? You remember that old guy? I, I love Jerry Lawler. Like, you remember that old that old guy, you know? Yeah. An old guy calling another guy old is yeah. quite humorous. Hell comes to Frogtown. This is the King's Court. Not to be confused with that uh, ancient relic from Jurassic Park, Piper's Pit. Do you remember Piper's Pit? Jurassic Park was the biggest film ever. I'll take that compliment. Rowdy Roddy Piper, the guy with the dress. Let me just tell you a little bit about Rowdy Roddy Piper. You see, when Roddy Piper was born, his father wanted a boy and his mother wanted a girl, and they were both satisfied, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Everybody knows it's a kilt. It ain't no dress. His movies are so bad, that when they play at the drive-in, people ask for their gas money back. You called a bunch of kids in the hospital for sick children in Toronto. You go there and you 
call them brats? You talk about those little sick children in a hospital up in Toronto, Canada. I'll send you up there to visit them permanently. Are you want to fight, Roddy Piper? Okay, big time. You done got it. Please, I, I want to back out right now. He wants to back out. Rowdy Roddy Piper wants to back out. Well, what you got to do in order to back out of this match, Rowdy Roddy Piper, is you got to get down on your hands and knees and kiss my royal feet. Is that all right with you? That would be fine. Anything to get out of the match, man. Oh, yeah! I've had it with you, Jerry Lawler. If that's the way you want to treat the fans, that's the way you want to be, that's the way I'm going to treat you. Because when Roddy Piper's good, he's doggone good. When he's bad, he's better. So Lawler, in his King's Court segment, calls out those kids in the Toronto hospital. Just a bunch of brats. And then Lawler has a Piper impersonator come out. A, a scrawny kid, which might have been a Mako-ish kid at some point. I don't, I don't want to speculate... <laughs> He didn't seem like he was all all there. And he wanted the, the Piper impersonator kid to kiss his feet. Yes. And then Piper, of course, breaks it up. And there we go. That's enough for this match. This main event, by the way, this was put over the title for some reason. The new generation. This has so much heat and power behind it, though. Oh, yeah. Jerry Lawler is out first. Lawler says, you Baltimoreans should get down on your knees and kiss my feet. He's, uh... Lift it, stealing some uh, Kaufman lines. There. Yeah, Piper gets an awesome entrance. I will say he had a WrestleMania style entrance here. He had all the bagpipers come out and play him to the ring, and he brings along that scrawny kid from the segment, which I tried to look up who this kid was. Like I thought, like yeah, who is this kid? I couldn't find. I couldn't find it. I looked up like I I figured like he might be from the. I seriously thought he was from the Toronto hospital, right, or whatever, but. No one seems to know. What was his name? I don't remember. Oh, uh, they didn't even give his name? I think, I mean, I was taking notes and I was yeah. kind of passive. This match was very boring to yeah. watch. but And so I kind of tuned out at times. But all I ever heard them say was the kid. The kid. Mm-hmm. I never heard the name. Did you? No. And Piper gets on the mic and he does the line from They Live. He's here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And the kid's like, and they're all out of bubblegum. Piper. Had been retired, and I think had been maybe experimenting with uh, the needle because he takes his shirt off here, and he is jacked out of his fucking mind. This guy, and he's so scrawny that it looks so unnatural on him because, like, he's lost a lot of weight for this match. This is a Jinder Mahal transformation here. Yes. King decides, you know what, I'm just going to leave. So Piper tracks him down and brings him back to the ring. The kid pokes Lawler in the eyes. Ding, 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 DQ. Lawler should have won the match right there. Match hadn't started yet. Oh, okay. Bell hadn't rang to start the match. The match starts. We get an atomic drop from Piper to Lawler that sends Lawler. He's going to leave again. 
Yeah. A lot of stalling in this match. Piper tracks him down and lands some strikes and chops. That was mainly... That's all you need to know about this match. Strikes and chops. Over and over and over again. Lawler at one point starts fighting the kid and Roddy Piper. Beating up a child is pretty heelish. I don't think it gets much more he. It, if it was a baby, it would be a little bit more heelish. But that's about as well. Snitsky did that. So. That's right. It's not. Hey, it's not his fault. <laughs> so then the kid gets dragged into the ring, and Piper. Oh, what a superhero! He covers up the kid and takes the stomps from Jerry Lawler. Yeah, sacrifices himself for this unknown kid. Lawler finally gets on offense towards the end of this match with his big punches. His punches look way better than Piper's, by the way. Lawler puts Piper in a sleeper that takes ages. This sleeper goes on and on. Piper eventually gets out of it. Lawler looks for the pile driver and lands it. One, two, no, Piper kicked out of Lawler's finish. It turns into a boxing match for a moment as... Oh, you don't want to eat those strikes from Roddy Piper. It's always It always goes back to that boxing background for some shit. So Lawler, Lawler shoots Piper into the ref and he takes a ref bump, which allows Lawler to steal some brass knucks and punches Piper in the face with it. Then Lawler uses the ropes, but the kid breaks up the fall, even with added leverage. And the kid barely gets his, like, he has to leap to knock Lawler's foot off the ropes. The one move that Piper did in the match, a back suplex, and Piper pins him. And wins the match in what was a match that... Yeah. Uh, yeah. This was, this was really bad. It's a great match. Oh, great match. Great match. This was better than Kennel from Hell. I will, yes. I'd say, I think it's even better than Bachwinkle and Dory Funk Jr., but it's, <laughs> it's in my lower ranks of matches, especially being the main event that this was pushed over your championship match. No, I know that I realize that it's because of the names involved. Like, right. oh, we, they're still, this company is still very insecure that all their stars left. So they're yeah. like, oh, we got to push our big stars. That title match should have gone on last. And, uh, I would have personally, or you could have put on the tag, my, uh, I would have swapped, swapped and had the tag title go on. After the first semi-finals? Or, or you could have had the finals for the King of the Ring. I think that would have been the better thing to end on, actually. I would have, that's what I would have done. I would have had, instead of Diesel and Brett, I would have had the tag title match there. Then I would have had the... Uh, Lawler and Piper. Lawler, Piper. My and last three matches would have been Lawler, Piper... Then have the title match. And then the King of the Ring. Then fight. Owen Razor was main event. That gives, that way it gives. Oh, and all the shine at the end, I think. Right. Plus, it also gave him two matches to get fully rested up to go out there and really tear the house down for a tremendous way to finish out. And they could have cut time from the Lawler and Piper match, too, and then given it more to the the finals in the King of the Ring. Yeah. You can tell the King of the Ring was developed in house shows because this this pay-per-view had a very house show feel to it, really, for me, just because of the tournament matches. and I Because they, they were so short right. and they were sort of meaningless. The the tournament matches, other than the final where you get the, uh, the anvil interference, it really just didn't have a lot of meaning to them uh, individually. Uh, so I thought it was kind of... You can tell this is definitely not 
like a WrestleMania. It's just not. The crowd wasn't that great either. The crowd just wasn't that hot. The company was at a low point anyway, so you're not going to get hot crowds in 1994. But I thought they told a good story with uh, uh, yeah. with Owen and Anvil and Brett. Other th- than Brett being so pissed off about keeping the belt. I loved the way... I mean, I loved the King of the Ring, period. But I loved the way that they... This pay-per-view added so much to the new generation taking that next step to try to fight with uh, with Hogan being over at a WCW. WCW. And then literally we're talking just maybe a month or two and then Savage is leaving. But and so but you still headline you closed it with Lawler and Piper. So which was okay though because out of this you got Brett is still your baby. You've put uh, just out of this paper, you've got Brett as your main baby. You've got you've elevated Owen into being a pretty big top heel. You got yeah, you've got two challengers for your belt, right? You added credibility to Diesel. Yeah, that he was that close. Yeah, you added uh, credibility some more into Razor Ramon. See, I think he was a big loser in all. You think so? Yeah, I, I I would have rather had the finals been between Owen and One Two Three Kid, and because I think that's a better story to tell too. Like, oh, One Two Three Kid, this is amazing. This is unheard of. He's made it to the finals. Like right. he's going to, and it would make Owen that much hotter of a heel too. I, I mean, yeah, I, I know he beat him in a semifinal match, but to like it beat him in the finals or whatever, like yeah, I no, I agree. That's yeah. I mean, we talk about Scott Hall's, you know, problems all the time, and that, and that he, and he never rose to the level of a world champion. And uh, I think that if they were ever good, th- this was as close. This was his best opportunity to be elevated into that yeah. scene, and to have him lose to Owen kind of sucks. But yeah, no, I, I see exactly where you're coming from, and I can, I could agree with that. Actually, now thinking about it, that uh, it didn't really help Scott Hall like it should have. But I mean, it added credibility to One Two Three Kid. You know, he gets his ass kicked and he muscles back up and walks back out there again. You know. Oh yeah. So I think all around, you know, it, it helped build the foundation for the new generation sadly instead of going with scott hall they go with kevin nash and the business just plummets you know when they put the belt on him at survivor series yeah or not with survivor series when he squashes bob backland and takes keeps the belt for a year yeah and business was never worse so maybe if they had in hindsight i I think they probably would have rather ran with razor i mean razor would have had to i guess been a heel but that would have been no problem. He's the bad guy. It's, yeah. it's, it's, he works better as a heel anyway. So well, He came in and started off as a heel. So Right. So on our rating scale, Patrick, King of the Ring 1994, the King of Hearts, Owen Hart reigns supreme. Where does this fall on the rating scale between Hornswoggle and Giant Gonzalez? I am going to give this in dedication to the WWF title match that we saw. I'm going to give this a Big Daddy Cool Diesel. Wow, that is very high praise. I am going to give this an Art Donovan in <laughs> honor of the worst commentator I've ever heard. He was a six foot two man, so that's not that's not bad. That's, that's pretty not, good praise. That's pretty good praise. Art well, Donovan. <laughs> how much does that guy weigh? How much does that? I'm going to put in a lot of how much does that guy weighs here <laughs> at the end. 
for your pick this week, we we saw that the leader of the new generation was Brett the Hitman Hart. Yeah. He was the leader of the new generation. He was. So for my pick for next week, I'm going to show an episode of Raw that's one of my favorites. It's from March 17th, 1997. It's the go-home show to WrestleMania 13. And let's just say Bret Hart, he was the king. He was the leader of the new generation. And you could say that he was one of the forefathers of the Attitude Era as the end of this show. He shows a lot of attitude. And it's really, to me, it's the birth of the Mr. McMahon character in the the tail end of this show. It's There's a cage match that happens. It's Brett was not very happy after he won the belt at Final Four in Chattanooga. He lost it the next night in Nashville to Sid. He was not very happy about how that turned out. He got his rematch on the Raw before WrestleMania 13, and if he had won it, the belt would have been on the line between him and Stone Cold in that first blood, or not first blood match. Submission match. It would have been on the line had he beat Sid in a cage on Monday night. Well, things didn't go according to plan, and let's just say Bret Hart was not too happy with how the match turned out. Gets a hold of the microphone, and he says some things that, see, in 97, I was 11 years old. It was some real shit. <laughs> it was, I heard yeah. some real shit being talked at the end of this Raw. So it's, it's my, one of my favorite Bret Hart highlights, even yeah. though it's... Designed to make him be a bad guy. I love. Yeah, I love this thing. You so. need to find the unedited version to add to the. Oh, end it's of unedited our... on the network. Oh, is it unedited? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Even though it's rated TV PG, it's unedited on the network. So. Okay. There you go. We will go March seventeenth, nineteen ninety-seven. The Go Home Show to WrestleMania thirteen. As always, you can get all our episodes, everything retrowrestlingpodcast.com on Facebook. Patrick Young on Facebook. You already know because you've already found the podcast. So that right. do, that'll do it for this week in the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm Intern Alex. I'm the one and only the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, my closing line's a clothesline. Bingo, bango. Randy, is this one of the wrestlers? Gorilla, who's the guy in the white suit? How, how much does that guy weigh? How much does this fellow weigh? How much does this guy weigh? How much does this fellow weigh? I don't know! I'm one of the biggest legends and stars ever in this God! How can anything go wrong? Let's take a 69-year-old retired football player who probably hit, who was probably hit in the head a few times and then give him You know, could you turn that so that it gets some of the light? How could anything go wrong? Let's take a 69-year-old retired football player who was hit in the head a few times. Uh, give him a A whore. Give him a whore. Give him a whore. Give him a live mic during one of the biggest shows of the year on pay-per-view, and let's not bother to see if he knows anything all about professional wrestling. Given that formula, it's no surprise the end result became your number five most botched moment in wrestling. I now present to you what we affectionately call, What Does Art Donovan Weigh? You know, Art Donovan, oh, that guy, big round, how much does he weigh? How much does that guy weigh? What does this kid weigh? He looks like a boxer. Fucking Art Donovan was the worst guest commentator, I think, in the history of pay-per-view. How much does this fellow weigh? I just don't understand how Art Donovan got there. I don't know. Good question. I didn't even know who he was. Art Donovan was trying to get the wrestlers over. He was trying to do his job. He just thought it was size and weight for everybody. 
<laughs> he thought the determination of getting these guys over by asking the other commentators how much this guy weighs and look at this guy and this guy's big and the other guy, why is the other guy doing that to that guy? <laughs> Art Donovan doing play-by-play -play. King of the Ring is like a family reunion. That one relative that fucking corners you. You're, in my family, it was my Aunt Peggy. She would corner, how you doing? Ah, you're getting fat. Ah, Brian, you're getting fat. Oh, sorry, I have asthma. I can't really work out. No, but you're really fat. How much you weigh now? Mabel's great there. I mean, that, that gimmick's not that good either. Art Donovan, uh, he didn't get it. He wasn't a wrestling fan. They put him in there because he was Art Donovan. Uh, I think they learned a, a, a lesson at that point uh, that clue people in before they sit down and do commentary. That, that has baffled me over the years. Why have people out there talking about wrestling when they knew nothing about it? It just it makes no sense. I mean, maybe he had some name value and they wanted that because they do that quite a bit. Uh, it's, it's definitely a, it's not good for the product of someone talking about you doesn't know who you are or anybody else is. I mean, that's not good business. Oh, I see. Okay, now I get it. Art Donovan, he wasn't trying to crap on the business. He wasn't trying to crap on He was trying his best in, to our entertainment to try to, to get everybody over. Most of them, uh, if they're invited to a WrestleMania, kind of know, you know what the event is about and they'll, they'll know like back then that Hulk Hogan is the big star or something like that. Uh, but yeah, they, they're kind of uh, uh, today much more so in modern day, uh, they're clued in on what's going on. Well, yeah, it comes across disrespectful to the in-ring guys or everybody in the locker room listening to it, you know. A lot of animosity it creates. It's been put out there so much, people exposing the business and saying how fake it is. And then when you bring somebody in that don't know the business, all they know is the, it's fake. So that's how they, you know, if you don't smarten them up and tell them what to do, then they just going to take it and run with it, you know what I'm saying? And they'll slam you and, like, like I... I so one night I went out somewhere and some guy came up and he was like, oh, you want a professional wrestlers? No, oh, that fake. I'm like, dude, whatever. And then somebody came up to him and was like, dude, look at this video of him. And when he saw it, he was like, he was like, oh, shit. I didn't know that was you. Bro, sorry, can I buy you a drink? So and t he got smartened up. So if you bring in somebody from that's an actor that don't know the business, of course, they're going to doodle all over it. You know what I mean? So it's up to the people to bring them in to, just to let them know. Look, don't go in there and talk about these guys because some of them will slap you upside your head for real. Safe places to put them, front row behind the guardrail. That's a safe place. Timekeeper. Far away from a microphone. Timekeeper maybe, but they'd probably ring the bell in all the wrong places. What's the girl over there screaming at? Well, if you really look at David Arquette, people say what they want. When he screwed me at that pay-per-view and hit me with a thing, he cut an awesome promo. He don't do that. He don't cut promos except for probably in his bathroom looking at the channel and cutting a promo that I'm going to cut a promo someday. He did a hell of a job, man. He got heat. He knew how to turn stuff on, so you can't put David in that spot. Malone was never a talker. He went out there and probably did besides Lawrence Taylor, and never got blown up like LT did, you know. Um, and we went 40 minutes from, bell, from, from ring entrance to ending. And when Hulk asked for that, I was like, come on, Hulk, like 12 will be plenty. <laughs> but, uh, 
you know, he didn't, and I look at the other one, Jay Leno. He, he's in the ring doing this shit. And, you know, he was at least entertaining, you know. So I never had that. I think it's a responsibility to, uh, for whoever sent them out there to make sure they're up to standard or up to, up to speed with everybody's names and what the job is. Hakeem, but they got it over. Donovan was my Aunt Peggy. Aunt Peggy, the 80-year-old who would do the, tell you every day that she fucking did sit, uh, no, push-ups. And she would proceed to get on, in the push-up position, except her hips would go down and it looks like she's dry humping the floor. That's our Donovan. That's the visual I have in my head. And I hope you never get out of your fucking mind either. My Aunt Peggy humping the floor. That, I think that was my, one of my very first pay-per-views. And the funny thing about that was, like, oh, Donovan was just an absolute train wreck, but Savage didn't think it was funny. I mean, he was legitimately pissed. Yeah, he, uh, he, uh, he didn't think it was very entertaining at the time. How can you tell if Savage is pissed or happy or whatever, though? Well, what's the difference? His pissed and happy and calm and sleeping and awake are all the same. He was, uh, he was frustrated. He was frustrated. I thought he handled it pretty good. Overall, you know, he kept kind of. Uh, I thought he. I thought he humored Art Donovan. I, I thought he. I thought he. I thought he was good about not disrespecting him because he could have easily goofed on him. <laughs> How coked over you there, Lex? He's not looking well at all. Watch my match with Brett the Hitman Hart from Raw. My favorite match I've ever had. It's one of Brett's favorites as well. Um, when Randy left, and uh, and like there were like you couldn't even utter his name, they took uh, revoiced over a lot of the videos. And one of the matches that was on Coliseum Video with the revoice over, they took Randy's voice out and uh, had. Uh, JR and Stan Lane do it together. And Stan Lane had this, he, was, he wasn't taking anything serious, he was making jokes and it totally fucking ruined it. You watch, watch it with the Stan Lane commentary and you'll see exactly what I mean. Yes, bad commentary can, to, if not ruin it, can totally take away from it. Yeah, that's bad.